when you have the passion for businesses, you become part of their business. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Welcome back to the Small Minded Podcast listener. I am so excited this week to welcome my friend, Melissa King, and it won't take very long into the episode for you guys to hear that she and I always have a good time together. I think we giggle just as much as we talk shop in this week's episode. But the reason I brought Melissa on for you this week is because she is such a gift to small businesses looking to sort out and receive guidance in their financial journey. Melissa has worked with Dupaco Community Credit Union in Dubuque, Iowa for 23 years, and she's only 25 years old, you guys. She is just a wealth of knowledge and truly a prodigy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But in today's episode, you'll hear from Melissa herself about getting her foot in the door at Dupaco at just the young age of 18 as a temp position and how over the years she's really been able to grow personally, professionally, and grow her community throughout her time at Dupaco and the connections and relationships she's been able to create and cultivate along the way. I love that Melissa has practical advice, and I really did get the idea to bring her on after a presentation she gave at an Empower Her Co. meeting that I attended earlier in the year, because she really does just have a gift at making finances make sense and giving you straightforward tips and tricks and just helping you understand that even if you don't feel super confident in where you're at with your finances or your personal knowledge of small business financials, Melissa makes you understand that it's okay and that you can find the resources and the tools to get you where you want to be. So I hope you have just as much fun listening to this episode as we did recording it. But without further ado, let's dive in with my friend, Melissa King of DePaco Community Credit Union. I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast my friend, Melissa King. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Molly. Thank you for having me today. I'm pretty pumped about this as well. Um, We started our Zoom call about 10 minutes ago, but we've just been (laughs) chit-chatting because I have so much fun talking to her. So we're like, well, I guess we better get this show on the road. But I think listeners will so enjoy this podcast because not only is it going to be informative, but I'm anticipating that we're going to have a fun conversation today as well. So it'll be a twofer. But why don't you get started, Melissa? You can go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, all that good stuff. You got it, girl. Well, I'm Melissa King, and I reside between Bernard and Cascade, Iowa, on a little acreage with my husband, Matt King, and our two little boys, which is Gavin and Chase. And my parents live like three miles down the road from us um, on a farm. So um, I have worked at Dupaco Credit Union for 20, well, actually just short of 23 years. It'll be this year. And my current responsibilities at Dupaco really consist of connecting businesses of all types 
to appropriate teams at Dupaco. So whether they're existing members or potential new members. So I know that can be confusing and a lot of financials call it business development, but I'm kind of different. Like anybody that knows me knows how different I am. (laughs) So I got to make it a little less complex because I feel like business development is so old school and generic when it comes to a financial. So really, for example, what I do, it includes working with potential businesses that are not current members and exploring what they're looking for in a financial that they're not getting right now. And then existing businesses, members of Dupaco would be getting with them and really understanding, well, what are we not doing well? And how can we improve that relationship we have with them? So that kind of consists of that day-to-day um, and pretty much just pivot wherever needed. Because as you know, Molly, being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of pivoting that happens, oh, right? For sure. For sure. And I know we'll probably get into this at some point, but like the last two years of your life have been all about pivot and helping businesses respond to COVID and stimulus and adjusting to this new space that we find ourselves in. So yeah, you've been, I would have argued to say like, you might be the queen of pivoting these last couple of years. (laughs) Well, girl, don't all of us pivot as females, (laughs) Um, whether you're an entrepreneur, your mom, you're working for someone else is just natural for us. But when you have the passion for businesses, you become part of their business. So pretty much I was raised here at Dupaco to run the position, no matter what position it is, as if you own the business, whether it's the monies that go out the door, that come in the door, you respectfully do it on behalf of the member owners here at the co-op. So yeah, in the pandemic, wow. I mean, no one knew what was happening. I mean, we went from our kids being in school to them not. I mean, God help all of us work from home with our kids there nonstop and God bless them for getting through it as well. Because I remember being on a Zoom call like this with other uh, people within Dupaco and I didn't have my mute button. I literally screamed at my kids into the the Zoom call. People were just, I saw all these heads like laughing. I'm like, Oh snap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've all been there. Thankfully they understood. Oh, or had like the kid walk by in the background and just their underwear or something. It's like, oh, we all that really taught us a lot about each other, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Better them in their underwear than you, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. I think we're delivering on the fun part of the interview. I told listeners they would have this today. Um, okay. Melissa, oh, yeah. tell us about growing up. As you know, this podcast is not just about business, but it's also about small town mm-hmm. life. And as you already alluded to, I think that you are a great representative of someone who can represent how multifaceted small town people are because you've grown up in a small town. You're employed with Dupaco. You are a mom. You also have an entrepreneurial endeavor that your family has recently taken on. So tell me a little bit more about that part. Like growing up small town, what did that teach you that has led you to all of these different roles that you are in today? 
Yeah, no, that's awesome because it's such a unique dynamic growing up in small communities and it's such a blessing as well. So I um, was raised on the bee farm that my parents currently own, um, which is about three miles from our house, which makes it great and handy when my mom needs to pick up the kids or my dad or uh, they, they wear many hats in the grandparent situation, as most of us can be grateful for. Um, but they, my parents are Bob and Mary Lee Laban, and they are so devoted and hardworking. And through their eyes, I saw the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, and the days were never over. Whether it was bringing a newborn calf in to warm up in our living room by the register in the middle of the night, and I'll never forget waking up in the morning. It was, of course, a two-story farmhouse. Um, walking down the stairs to the sound of Paul Harvey on the radio and the smell of coffee and the bellerine of a new calf that was unthawing in the room nearby. So. <laughs> That's the definition of growing up small town. I love it. <laughs> yes, it is. And, you know, obviously, I really wasn't involved in a lot of extracurricular activities in school. I really started working at a very young age while going to high school. And it was like 35 hours a week plus going to high school. And since I lived in the country, when you didn't have your license, um, my mom worked at a doctor's office 30 miles away from home. And with my dad's busy farming schedule, if I couldn't ride a bus back and forth, it really wasn't happening. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, um, but also being a volunteer, my parents taught me that from a young age, you know, whether it was a lot of the volunteering happened at our Catholic church, which is actually the oldest church, uh, Catholic church in the state of Iowa. So Gary Owen learned that recently from volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> I serve, currently serve on our Catholic school board, and it's just so neat as we wrapped up our annual gala to see the small community, whether it was businesses, individuals, corporate sponsors, come together to raise near $100,000 for that school. And it's incredible because in a community, you, you donate, whether it's your time or financially or both, and our area really, really, really steps up for all. And all meaning no matter what they're working through, whether it's a benefit, a school, a business, a fire, anything, people really rally around. So, yeah, I learned definitely the importance of volunteerism through my parents, but also it's a huge part of being an employee at Dupaco. Oh, I love that you brought all that up because I really do think that when we are in a small town, sometimes it can feel like it's us against the world. Like, how can we ever compete with these big name brands? How can I ever get as many followers as so-and-so? How can I ever fill in the blank, right? But mm -hmm. like you just said, small town, small businesses have such a huge impact because even that for sure. $50 donation for Youth League, like that goes a long mm -hmm. way. Or if you can support the school with a corporate sponsorship, like think about how that's helping pay teachers. And then what's the ripple effect of that donation? Or maybe it's an in-kind donation and you're donating your time to something like, absolutely. You just have so much of a closer connection to these entities and you can really see the ripple effect as it goes out from you through these organizations. And I think that you really hit it on the head with that example. Absolutely. I mean, 
but then also you're teaching your kids that because like I said I learned it from my parents whether it was volunteering at church or um, just they were so good and they're still so good about if someone passes away making a beef roast for that family and taking it over like making a pie and taking it over like I need to get better about those things because I always have really good intentions. <laughs> but I was just thinking about that. Like, sits on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's generational, you know, but you learn and you pick up that passion through what, what excites you. And here at Dupaco, we always look at that. And we were just talking about that this morning with our, um, my connect with my direct report. And he said, do your gut check. If you're going to be involved and give your time to that organization, you better just be bleeding the passion for that because you have to still give your time to your family, to your job, to the other organizations that you're involved in. You can't spread yourself so thin. So I love that he understands that at our chief operations level as that officer, and he definitely understands that impact. Um, throughout. So we're pretty blessed to have that here too. And, you know, I also think being from a small town, um, something that I have found is because, of course, you're always like, oh, do you know when you run into somebody? Do you know so and so that, you know, used to babysit so and so, whatever? <laughs> My teammates here always make fun out of me because I do that, but there's always a connection. It's always. so crazy. Even, um, we go out to Washington, D.C. and speak with legislators um, at least once a year. And when I was out there, we were meeting with Senator Grassley. And this was in 2019, I think, because it was before the pandemic. And his staffers walk into the room. I'm like, that's Chris Conlon from Cascade. <laughs> so he's been one of the Grassley staffers for, I think, about 15 years now. So I'm like, oh, Chris, you know, we connected in Washington, D.C. as he's working for one of our largest performing senators in the nation. Like, that was mm -hmm. so crazy to me. So it was really neat. But you run into that so often from a small community, probably because we all know each other. <laughs> but it is like, I mean, it just demonstrates like you can be from a small town, but you can have connections and you can have impact that is so wide ranging. And I, yes. my friend or my sister's friends, I've heard one of them say like cascade people love cascade people. And I think it's true because like whenever we travel to like, and this might be an Iowa thing. So listeners from outside of Iowa, you'll have to confirm or deny this. But like, also if you go traveling and you see a Hawkeye t-shirt, you're like, oh, we should go talk to that person. I wonder if they're from around here. And then you're like, oh my gosh, where are you from? And that could be like the podunkiest place. And you're like, okay, where's that by? Oh, I know so-and-so. Do you know so-and-so? And then you figure out a way that you're somehow connected through like the neighbor's cousin's stepsister or whatever. Yes. But yeah, there is just these connections and inroads that you have. And what I love about it from small town aspect is like they're genuine and authentic. Like you mm -hmm. know that like you can connect on a level of like hometown, like the values that you were brought up with. Like you spoke of hardworking, like doing what you need to do, helping your neighbor kind of thing. And you can connect in that regards. And you know, the people that you're connecting with probably embody some of those same things. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. That genuine, you know, I, in my 
career and in my personal life, I look for those individuals that are genuine because that means trust. And in the financial world, you have to build that trust both ways. And it's so important as you grow, because as you know, that your clients, they have to trust that you're going to provide what, you know, you market or what you um, connect with. Because there's so many people that do the same thing, or everyone thinks they do the same thing, but it's actually the delivery of what it's like. And I feel like my parents definitely in our communities and our schools that we're so blessed with have spoke that really highly. And we continue to learn that by those that we surround ourselves with. Oh, that's awesome. We'll keep bringing that in throughout the conversation, I, I would expect. So you've spoken about working at Dupaco. Now, can you tell us, like, how did you get involved with Dupaco? Because you said you're celebrating your 23rd year with them. So Melissa is like not that much. You're only a couple years older than me. So how is it that you've been with Dupaco for 23 years already? Can you walk us through that evolution, please? Yeah, absolutely. Because so I'm 25. So that is fascinating. Wow. You were a hard worker at a young age. <laughs> Yet they recruit from the hospitals nearby. So, um, I wish I was 25, um, but I am 41. And, um, you know, when I was, you know, at 18, when I started at Dupaco, I would think like, oh, man, that's old, 41, right? Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, wow, that is young. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how that journey began is honestly, my mom was like, get a job or go to college. And at that point in my life, I really wasn't the most stellar student. And so why would I want to go on to college? I probably would have maybe wasted um, a lot of money uh, socially and educationally. <laughs> So uh, I took the path of a job and I start with Sedona and my first assignment was at the bank and trust for a two week um, while someone was on vacation and Phil Brennan was my branch manager there and I was working the reception desk and it was like, okay, I can't just sit here all day. So I just reorganized their whole safety deposit box. (laughs) The staff there was probably like, what the hell is this lady doing? Because <laughs> I remember it just being piled all over the desk and I worked through them because I couldn't just sit there and wait for someone to walk in the door. Like I needed to feel like I was providing value for that organization. And then Dupaco had an opening for a loan processor position. And our current vice president at that time knew Phil. And so he called him and said, hey, and we're looking at taking Melissa King on for, or I guess it was Melissa Laban at that time, for a loan processing role. Um, what was your experience with her? And, you know, he shared the devotion that I had with him that short period of time. So it was attempt to hire. I started in June and I was hired on in August. And it was in our business loan department. And it just was life changing. The individuals I was around at a young age. Um, worked very closely with our CEO at that time, Bob Hafer, worked really close with the individual that started our business loan department, John Coppes. And it was hard knocks. Like that was a generation like my parents. And that's probably why I mixed well, because it was like they were another set of parents to me. 
but best of all, I really got to know our business owners that we worked with, and it was such a cool experience. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got to where Dupaco and it finding a place that cares so much about those that walk in the door, whether for employment or for a product or service, is such a cool, valuable experience. And that helps you to understand whether this is a good fit or not. And for me, long-term working with our businesses and growing with them was such a good fit for me. Oh, I love this. I feel like what a, what a cool way to like get your feet wet and then to like see businesses in action while you're in that temp role and then have the opportunity to continue with Dupaco and grow and watch the evolution of the department and all of those things and grow yourself personally and professionally at the same time. Because I know even though you started in loan processing as a temp, I know that you've gone back to school. You now have your master's. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Good memory. Yep. Okay. Yeah. For one that didn't like school, here I am with an MBA. If you would have said that when I was 18, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But I love that it was something that you could do. Like it was almost organically because I know that a conversation I have a lot is like this idea that kids need to go from high school to college, know what they want to do for the rest of their lives commit to something, spend tens of thousands of dollars to obtain that degree or certificate, and then like set out in the world. And I love that your story is one of like, you knew you enjoyed working. You went to do Paco to give it a shot. And then it was a good fit and it allowed you to grow along, like almost parallel with your role at the company you were growing professionally and personally as well. So I just think that's a really a really cool trajectory. And I think that it's something that I hope our listeners pay attention to as well. No, I agree a hundred percent because I, I was that, you know, lack of a student at that point, but because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I could barely balance my checkbook at that time. I mean, (laughs) and I'm like, I'm working at a credit union. Like I didn't even know what a credit union was at that time. I just was like, eh, seems like a good gig got into it, um, had the encouragement of my peers along the way saying, hey, why don't you try this at an ICC? Why don't you do this? And it took me a long time. I could probably write a prescription by now because I was in school for so long, but you know, (laughs) no doctor. Uh, But it's a fact of going through it and being like, ooh, I like this. I really like this finance. And I'll never forget one of our really amazing people that work at Dupaco is John Heavens, and he graduated with me at Clark. He was in, ahead of me in the graduation line, so he was a traditional. I was non-traditional. Obviously, I was the old lady in the in the graduation line, and and I said, like, what are you going to do now? And he said, oh, I got a job at Wells Fargo, and then it was like five years later or something. Here he is managing a branch at Dupaco. So. It was super cool to see that growth because I was traditional, he was non. And then those relationships I was able to develop, even one of our businesses that we work with now has become a friend of mine, but I got to know him as a non-traditional student at Clark through that networking, that socialization, and also through my MBA. Like those were the 
best people. That's what I miss the most about my school time is the people that I got to know and meet and where they are today and how we celebrate that together. Mm, I love that. And this is going to lead us really well into my next question. But um, I think it like so much of what we go through in life is not just like checking a box. Like it's not just getting your first client or getting that MBA. It's about the people that we surround ourselves with as we pursue these things. And they can either make or break the experience for us. And I talk about this a lot with my own clients and students in my programs, but it's like, you know, you can learn so much from me, but you can learn so much more like by connecting with one another and the people in the program with you and your peers, because they know what you're going through. They're doing it in the same time as you are. They're going alongside you and you don't know where those relationships can end up and where they'll circle back to. So I'm, I love that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what is it about those relationships that you've been able to cultivate in your role at Dupaco with small business owners that really kind of lit a fire in you to work in this sector of financials? What is it about the small business community and entrepreneurs that you really find yourself attracted to and wanting to help them with their financial picture? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think about that daily almost because, you know, you wake up and you think, how can I make an impact? And the great thing is that working here, we work with businesses of every size. And it's kind of that niche that we hold here. And of course, as a financial, every financial wants to get a big deposit or a big loan as that is what keeps the organization functioning at a faster pace and also allows the funds to be distributed back into the co-op. However, every business starts out somewhere and statistically it's from someone's garage. And (laughs) it is so fun to listen to the unique ideas of startups or growth and be a partner next to them through their journey, learning right with them. I guess I find too that people neglect to realize that there are differences in financials and not every financial will treat you the same or have the same costs or products and services. So it's so important to explore who best fits your needs in walking side by side in a partnership. It's not like you said, checking the boxes. It's not checking the boxes for them is checking the boxes for you. And That's so important because that's a big part of your journey as a business owner of any size. And that was the cool part about starting at 18 and really getting my best education through my years from those businesses because they would be at every stage. So one business is starting and they're coming into the financial because they need startup funds. You have another business that's successing to the next generation, you have another business that's trying to figure out growth. Like, what does that look like? And if you're not comfortable having that open conversation with someone at a financial, you have to find that individual. And I love it because I can talk through things with people. I don't always have the answers, but even just talking through it can help. And the experience I've had with many different industries and individuals and can give great ideas where the next person might not know who to connect back with. And I think I said it at our Empower Her group, but you have to make sure that who you're working with 
works for you as well. That conversation that you, it was a presentation, I guess you were leading a presentation at Empower Her a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, we've got to get Melissa on the podcast because the way that you <laughs> talked about like the relationship with your financial, what like mm-hmm. kind of opened my mind because so often like me personally, and I'm sure there's listeners like when I would go check my bank account or like the statement would come in the mail, I'd be like, oh, I'd get all tense and like my stomach would start <laughs> to hurt. And I'd be like, oh, I just don't want to do this. I don't want to know. And then, Mm -hmm. so for you to say like, okay, your financial is your partner. Like you need to be touching base with them. They should be asking you questions. You should be asking them questions. It should be an open relationship. Mm. And so that was something that I hadn't thought about. Like, I love how you are side by side with the business owners. And like you said, you can connect them to people who maybe can help them as they grow through, Mm -hmm. through certain things and really advise and act as a guide not just a person who's going to like stamp yes or no on a loan application. I love that idea. Absolutely. It's not always about that. And we have a lot of individuals that um, come into the credit union each day or call in because the first thing when you're going on your own or you're looking to pivot with your business is, oh, I, the financial aspect, right? Mm-hmm. When there's so many other components that go into that, but if someone's just, directing you to a no when you're coming in, then it's like, well, then where do I go? Do I go to another financial? Even though what you need is not necessarily funds, it's really advice, like conversation. And I always tell people, you should have an open relationship with your financial, your accountant, your attorney, and your insurance agent. Those four organizations will help you at each stage in a more encompassed segment of a relationship. Because if you're just working with your attorney, well, that attorney might not be guiding you on what you need to do with your taxes. They might not say, well, you know, you're a sole proprietor. Now you need to move to an LLC or you need to put this building in an LLC and then let's create an S corp for the company. And then you get to the end of the year and you're like, ah, uh, you know, I made too much or those types of things. And when it comes to uh, financial and if you are applying for a loan, you will need to provide financials. But when it comes to that, you need to make sure that through the years of working with your accountant that you are presenting the appropriate documentation to at some point get that funding that you would need to move your business forward. So there's whole formula that goes into it. But again, it's not just a financial, it's not just an accountant. They need to be able to get you going where you need to go when you need to get there and sometimes recognize it before you do. That was another point. I don't know, that was a lot. No, that was another thing from your presentation that really stuck out to me because I'm like five years into this business and I'm like, I don't know that I have ever contacted my attorney since my LLC was formed, but I'm like, that was such a good piece of advice because the further I go, so if anybody is at the same point of business as me or just coming down the road, like behind us, it's like, Mm. yes, having those connections are huge because What I found, and you could probably testify to this, is that no business operates the same way as another business does. 
And so you're not going to be able to just get blanket advice from a guru in an industry or a TikTok video. Like you need to have personal relationships and get personal advice because your finances are personal. Your legal situation is personal. And there's so many nuances to your unique situation. So I love that advice to make sure you're touching base with your attorney, your financial, your insurance, and your accountant. At least how often, Melissa? I would say at least once a year, some more than others and some less than others. So people don't even realize that with their insurance, maybe they brought on another piece of equipment that they felt was insignificant to add to the insurance portfolio or the fact of how do I create an LLC? And then I've had many times where say a doctor is purchasing a building to practice out of, purchasing it in his or her personal name and should really be purchasing it in an LLC for tax purposes. But those types of things, I'll just throw out there and say, okay, I can't make that decision for you. Every business is so different. It's not cookie cutter. You need to talk to your attorney and an accountant before you make this move. And people are like, oh, it's a doctor or, oh, it's a, manufacturer owner there, but they do really well in their industry. That doesn't mean they know everything about business and all the other industries as well, especially if they're newer or not maybe having the partners that they need to throughout that. I mean, they're just like, Hey, I need to get through this. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Um, Are there other things? So like making those connections and making sure that you're touching Mm -hmm. base Are there other tips that you could give listeners that you see come up frequently or common themes that you think small business owners need to be paying attention to or things that they might want to address if they haven't paid attention or opened their bank statements or bank apps in a while? Not not me, but, you know, in case a listener. (laughs) You'll ask you for a friend. Um, No, I find so often, I think it's funny you say that because Gavin my eight-year-old just had his first communion over the weekend, as your daughter did as well. And so he has this money. And you know, we've always joked, oh, you still have your money from first communion. Well, he had the cash and he's like, can you put this in my bank account? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll get there. He's like, when does that thing come that shows me like <laughs> how much I got in there and how much Dupaco paid me for my money there? And I just love that because he, those statements, even for that age, that matters because that starts at a young age, right? That relationship with your financial starts at a young age, because then it's not a fear of like, either I don't have enough money or, or I have a lot of money and I don't know where to put it type thing. But a lot of times what we see is individuals that are entrepreneurs again, are really good at what they do. And they're looking for, well, here, I have a really good from a small age relationship with my credit union. I need your advice. What do I do? So we recently are still evaluating our resources that we connect people with, whether it's SBDC, it's the local community colleges um, that offer the business programs for entrepreneurs, or it's um, Creative Adventure Lab, which is a national program through DuPaco in our partnership with the Rural Ideas Network, um, to have coaches 
And, you know, Molly, you do a great job of coaching on social media and many aspects of the business life. And, you know, you came from the teaching side of it where <laughs> I'm, I'm not much of a teacher. <laughs> you do a great job. But I can guide, right? If I don't know, I will get the answer. So on Dupaco's website at www.dupaco.com slash business dash lab slash you know, forward, backward. I don't know what that means, but anyway. We'll make sure to link it in the show notes. So all people have to do is click. (laughs) If you go to tobacco.com, we have a section on that, but we're always improving it. And I think the neat idea too is we're revamping that to have it a whole business hub for people, non-members or existing members to go to, to find the answers in business. So we've really ramped up and we're working with an outside vendor too to make sure it fits the needs that checks those boxes like we talked about. But prior to us launching it, um, I'm going to go out to some of like our Empower Her group and say like, okay, you're the experienced one from the outside. We know on the inside, but you got to talk to us too and see what you would look at and what it's missing or what is there that is not kind of being understood that maybe it's in that verbiage that we need to break it down a little bit. So that is really cool because it provides links to other partners outside the financial that people can turn to for their different stage, whether it's just managing or it's starting up or it's, do I go to a brick and mortar from not having one? Um, That's a really cool resource. And then it also, you know, gives different resources on types of accounts to have and things to that nature. Maybe even technical assistance because I'm fortunate because I can just dial up our IT and be like, okay, this isn't working. (laughs) Yes, I shut off my computer and I turned it back around. (laughs) But I need somebody because I'm a solo employee working from my desk and Zoom just crashed. What do I do? So they'll be able to go to this site and get connected with people that can help, correct? Yes, absolutely. And again, it's being um, revamped. That's what's there right now. But we are expanding that service because through our research and we were listening when our businesses are calling in or coming in, that we need an easy direction for them where we wouldn't necessarily have the capacity or the skill set to help with that type of um, request. Oh, I think that's really cool. So like, It does show that you're listening to the needs of the businesses that you serve because they don't just always need financial advice from their financial partner. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's that partner at the financial saying, you know, I think that what you really need here is someone who can help you with X or Y or Z. And as you've talked about throughout our discussion, like having those networking opportunities, having those connections from your small town or beyond are what Mm -hmm. really have helped pave the way to be able to help business owners beyond just their financials and create a more robust business. Absolutely. And so often people, and I've actually fielded some of these calls recently where it was, I want to build credit for my business. And in reality, yes, there's, there's a credit report for a business, but like as a financial, we wouldn't look at that. What we would be looking at is the personal and business financials 
that means the tax returns and the profit and loss, um, the personal financial statements, and then it goes into our analysis review and personal credit. So personal credit is what a financial like ours would look at, not a business credit report. Really, who would look at a business credit report? Maybe like, um, say you're a restaurant and you're going to buy from Martin Brothers for food. And Martin Brothers may look at that to see how you've paid other vendors. So whether they need to have payment on site of delivery or if they can bill out for that product that they delivered. So they might look at, oh, Myers-Cox, you bought paper products from. Oh, and you've paid as agreed all this time. You know, like that type of thing Mm -hmm. that gives vendors more so a resource to look at. Um, Where we're looking at how do you handle your personal credit tells us how you would handle your business credit per se. So that is what if you came in today for a loan for the business or a credit card for the business, that is what we would look at. So often like um, some of our hairstylist friends or some of our therapist friends, they will not have a checking account separate from their personal checking account. And that is huge for tax purposes, for knowing what you have for ingoing and outgoing expenses. You might not think you're at that level where you need to have a business checking account, but even for our small acreage, we have a separate checking account. So we know how much the fee bill is um, going in and out, how, you know, just day-to-day expenses and um, income that would be coming from that entity. So just a couple tidbits there. They're really helpful and the type of checking account you get that business into is just sitting and letting that financial uh, representative listen to what you're doing on a daily basis, whether it's with your credit card processing, um, if you're ACHing, so if you're doing um, auto payments from individuals, your clients, or you're paying on auto uh, withdrawals and your financial can provide that as well, most likely. Um, and a lot of times the programs that you're using, you should just probably double check what the costs are in comparison. Oh, those are such good tips because I know that a lot of people that I've been in conversation with too, we've been talking a lot about financials, about like credit or debt or when to incur more, or how to go about that. And I love that you really make the distinction of a few steps that people can take. So making sure that you're, Personal finances are personal. You have a separate bank account for your business financials. I love your advice for talking through with your partner at your financials so that you know, just like we've talked about, that you're not just getting a cookie cutter plan, that they're listening to what your activities are and what you need so that you're getting set Mm -hmm. up with the right kind of services and products that are for you. Um, Mm -hmm. I have so many more questions, Melissa, but we have... Uh, run up against some time. So I have a couple more that I just want to finish with. Yeah. As we're talking about like the relationships that you've cultivated, helping businesses get started, paying attention to their unique needs. Are there certain businesses or like member clients that you've worked with in the past who really stick out in your mind that you're like, I feel so fulfilled by working with this person or business? 
No, I love that because that is what I wake up to every day is how can I fulfill someone else's bucket? Because when that happens, that fulfills mine. And, you know, I guess growing up, you know, within the industry, really growing up within it, um, when my cubicle in the business loan department, it was set up by process loan, but I also greeted and directed people as they came into the department. And at a young age, I, I watched, I learned, and I grew from everyone that walked through the door. But I also saw people come in with an idea and leave with a plan. And I learned not to judge a book by its cover. And I developed relationships, not transactions. And it's neat because then fast forward through these relationships are some of the strongest that I have today. And we're now, they're working with us on successing their business to the next generation or employees to continue the baton. But one impact that I felt really good about and the service that we delivered was we partnered with one of our business members that bought houses either on default or foreclosure. A lot of the times it was due for dire straight situations and not, you know, what people just automatically assume when when someone is at that that state. A lot of times it's because of, say, you know, one of the situations was where a mom couldn't work due to a child's medical condition. And this gentleman bought back their house from that financial that had put them into foreclosure state. And he sold that house back to them. And the importance of him selling it back to them was so that child and that family could remain in their comfort of their home while they went through this. And we saw a need that needed to be fulfilled. And he was so great in also recognizing that need that we partnered with him to work side by side, those families to get their credit back to um, finance that house back on the secondary market out of the contract with him. So what would happen is say, because they couldn't afford that lifestyle due to the lack of income, they filed bankruptcy. And then through bankruptcy, that house, you know, was he bought that house back. But he saw, yeah, he could be that business owner or that individual that was like, yeah, I'll keep you on this 7% interest rate for 15 years and you're making your payments. Everything's great. But what he saw was they deserve a chance and we saw they deserve another chance. And so with that partnership, we grew and it was um, just under $2 million in home loans that we were able to build their credit through a 12 to 18 month period to be able to have them put that house back in their name and back in credit for themselves and something that they could continue to afford. And I just saw that was two partners, Dupaco and this individual that had the same desire in mind, and that was to help people. And when that happens, everyone wins. Oh, I love that. I mean, what what a testament to putting people first. And like you said, like having a vision for what the common good would be and really using the partnership between you and that member to help these people be able to like just get their homes again. Like that is an awesome awesome example. Yeah, it was incredible because, you know, 
the families didn't have to participate or those individuals, but also that business owner could have left that on his books and he saw the opportunity to make another win for these individuals that again, they're just in dire straits. Like bad things happen to good people all the time. That doesn't mean that through that downfall doesn't mean that you can't rise back up. And if you ever walk in somewhere that's not willing to walk next to you to help you build yourself back up, there are other places that you can go to that will help you. Oh, Melissa, we could continue this conversation for a whole other hour, but we got to wrap up. I'm sorry, but could you let us know where listeners could find you, connect with you online? And then we will wrap up with just a couple of questions that I call the small talk round. Yeah, you got it. Um, Well, you can reach me at mking at dupaco.com is my email. You can also call or text at uh, 563-581-9081. Again, if I don't know the answers, I will definitely find them. Awesome. Okay, small talk round. Uh, We're just going to rattle off some quick questions. Give me your first take. Some of them may be from the list that I sent you prior because there's a couple things we didn't get to, but um, others are just like from the top of my head. All right. Okay. I feel like this is game show. Do I need to be like, <laughs> yeah. so, no, no, it doesn't matter how fast you click um, or respond with your buzzer. Just, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I'm ready. All right. Ready? Do this. Number one. Number what one. is your okay. go to morning drink? Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> uh, black coffee. Oh, just black coffee, no cream, no sugar, nothing. Mm-hmm. No, I found that I was putting too many pumps of the sugar in and not enough black coffee that it lost the black coffee taste. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I've got going on. I'm similar, yeah. similar over here. Yeah. All right. Question number two What is your go to like guilty pleasure TV show, movie, or book? Okay. Well, my husband would tell you, I'm definitely a lifetime uh, junkie. He thinks he's like, you're watching all these like women spouse killing shows. And then I found on our counter one day that you had a funeral home business card. I'm starting to get concerned. (laughs) I was like, hey, man, you keep snoring like that. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen. No, but and I. I love the Real Housewives, all of them. Well, Jersey, of course, is my my best. I just feel like I can it's just lay back and listen, and my life is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love reality TV. Mm-hmm. All right, number three, you and your family recently have started your own entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, with your golden doodles, golden doodles, right? Yeah. Mini golden okay. doodles. Mm-hmm. Mini golden doodles. Okay. What has been one success and one challenge so far as you're now on this side of small business ownership? Uh, well, a success is she actually had a litter of puppies <laughs> <laughs> and she had 10 puppies, which I was like, holy cat's meow here for that's a lot of puppies. So that was successful, um, and she was the best mom ever. The puppies will actually leave this Saturday. So 
It was her first litter um, between we own both um, the mini poodle and the golden retriever. And she was a rock star through it all. I, it amazed me of the instincts that she had. Um, the failure is that's a lot of dog poop and uh, <laughs> a lot to clean up. Thank God I have two boys that tell you earn your dinner, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> clean those kennels out. Earn your keep. I love that. Yes. Um, yeah, number four, fun. what is, uh, sorry, I feel like I'm cutting you off. Um, number four, what's a tool or a resource that you recommend for listeners if they want to have a better pulse on where their finances are at? Ooh, that's a good one. Actually, um, and I've been bringing this back to our, at least Dyersville Empower Her group, is finding the programs that best fit people. So meaning the fact of like, if you come into a financial and want to borrow money, but maybe that's not the answer. Maybe it's an SBA loan or maybe it's a grant that you apply for. It's just like, I don't want people to feel like if they need money, they go and they borrow it at X interest rate. And interest rates are definitely on the rise. And that is something that's really impactful for this community going forward in this at least next 12 months. So, you know, the Dupaco.com site or um, SBA site, or each state has a resource center. So like iowaresource.com, I believe it is, to just explore those different opportunities that are out there. So I guess I am trying to do a better job of learning from our resources in our areas of what other ways are there for people to get money without always having to borrow it. So if that helps. Yes. I love those. And we'll make sure that we link to those websites in the show notes for listeners. So it's like just an easy click. Okay. Last question. What's something you're doing this summer that you are super excited about? Oh, (laughs) I did. Did I say I was 41? Life is very not much exciting. Are you going to be at a lot of like baseball games? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. And we did just buy an older Jeep that I am excited about just to cruise around in that. If that was kind of, is that a midlife crisis thing? If, you know, when you enter your forties, they need like something fun to like just drive around in. I hope not because <laughs> then I'd be at my midlife crisis in my early thirties. <laughs> I know driving a minivan or, you know, just regular vehicle just isn't fun all the time. And we had a good deal on one. It was just something that my husband and I thought would be fun. And the kids would be fun. So I guess that's what we're looking forward to. We had to reschedule our Florida trip um, because of the litter of puppies, but we're going to do that over Thanksgiving, I think, um, and maybe go out west with the kids this summer. Fun. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for your time. I know you shared so many great resources and tips for listeners, and I am so grateful that you were here with us on the podcast this week. Well, thank you, Molly, and thanks for your friendship and your devotion to our communities, too, because that does not go unheard or seen. So thanks for doing all that you do. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the Internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. 
And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.